Welcome to the Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP, 106.5 FM, Louisville. Also streaming worldwide at forwardradio.org. This is Hart Hagen, your host, and we are on episode number 367. Today's topic is China's Peace Plan. On February 24th, China released a 12-point peace plan to end the war in Ukraine. The peace plan has not been well-received by leaders in the United States. According to an article by Medea Benjamin, Marcy Winograd, and Wei Yu at popularresistance.org titled Why Biden Snubbed China's Ukraine Peace Plan, it says, quote, not rational, unquote, is how Biden described the plan that calls for de-escalation toward a ceasefire, respect for national sovereignty, establishment of humanitarian corridors, and resumption of peace talks. I've seen nothing in the plan that would indicate that there is something that would be beneficial to anyone other than Russia if the Chinese plan were followed, Biden told the press. Now, in an article from The Hill by Lauren Sforza, it says ABC's Dave, ABC News' David Muir asked Biden in an interview released Friday what he thought of Chinese peace proposal that Russian President Vladimir Putin applauded last week. I think you answered the question. Putin's applauding it, so how could it be any good? I'm not being facetious. I'm being deadly earnest, Biden told David Muir of ABC News. Biden continued by saying, I've seen nothing in the plan that would indicate there is something in it that would be beneficial to anyone other than Russia if the plan were followed. It's the idea that China is going to be negotiating the outcome of a war that's totally unjust, uh, a a totally unjust war for Ukraine is just not rational, he continued. So here are four main points Biden is making in his brief comments about the nerve of China to propose a peace plan. Number one, it's not rational. Not rational. Number two, it only benefits Russia. Number three, China can't be seen as negotiating a positive outcome. Number four, if Putin is applauding it, it can't be good. So let's look at this peace plan that Biden said is not rational and only benefits Russia and China is, you know, up to no good and Putin is always wrong. So here is point number one of China's 12-point plan. It says, respect the sovereignty of all countries. Universally recognized international law, including the purposes and principles of the United Nations Charter, must be strictly observed. The sovereignty, independence, and territorial integrity of all countries must be effectively upheld. All countries, big or small, strong or weak, rich or poor, are equal members of the international community. All parties should jointly uphold the basic norms governing international relations and defend international fairness and justice. 
equal and uniform application of international law should be promoted while double standards must be rejected. So, so far, this exemplifies the rule of law, it exemplifies ethics, it, it exemplifies the equal rights of sovereign countries, no matter how big or small, no matter how rich or poor. Biden says it is not rational. The first sentence of point one says, universally recognized international law, including the purposes and principles of the United Nations Charter, must be strictly observed. Wouldn't it be a different world if the United States would observe the principles of the United Nations Charter, where it says, you know, you can't, you, you have to observe and honor the sovereignty and the independence of other countries. You, you have to uh, honor the territorial integrity and political independence of other countries. That is something that the United States categorically disregards all the time, every day, a thousand times before breakfast. All this rhetoric about supporting freedom and democracy in the world, it just doesn't uh, match with the reality of our foreign policy, including our military policy, our economic policy, etc. Point number two of China's peace plan, which Biden says is not rational and can only benefit Russia and is categorically wrong and misguided because China wrote it and Putin likes it. Point number two is abandon the Cold War mentality. The security of a country should not be pursued at the expense of others. The security of a region should not be achieved by strengthening or expanding military blocks. The legitimate security interests and concerns of all countries must be taken seriously and addressed properly. There is no simple solution to a complex issue. All parties should, following the vision of common, comprehensive, cooperative, and sustainable security, and bearing in mind the long-term peace and stability of the world, help forge a balanced, effective, and sustainable European security architecture. All parties should oppose the pursuit of one's own security at the cost of others' security, prevent block confrontation, and work together for peace and stability on the Eurasian continent. So this sounds reasonable enough. Remember that Biden says it's not rational. So when it says the security of a region should not be achieved by strengthening or expanding military blocks, that's talking about alliance like the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, NATO. NATO was created in the late 40s as a way of supposedly defending us against Russia. In fact, one of the founders of NATO said the purpose of NATO is to keep the Americans in, the Russians out, and Germany down. But, you know, we learned in school that NATO is a defensive organization. But it's not a defensive organization. It is an aggressive organization. For one thing, the, the U.S. has always been the stronger and more assertive power as between the U.S. and Russia or the former Soviet Union.
We were the first to develop nuclear weapons. We were the first to make them an enemy after World War II. We had been allies in World War II, and now all of a sudden, we, after World War II, we needed an enemy, so Russia became the enemy. Russia became this big threat. And partly as a result of that, NATO was formed, and then later, uh, the Warsaw Pact was formed. The Warsaw Pact was a group of countries such as you know, R- Russia, but also East Germany, Poland, Hungary, to be a counterbalance against NATO. And then when the Soviet Union came down in the early 90s, the Warsaw Pact was disbanded. Gorbachev had a vision of peace, of a a peaceful cooperation on the European continent. So the Warsaw Pact was disbanded, but NATO not only stayed together, but NATO expanded. This is Hart Hagen. You're listening to The Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. So here's a brief history of the expansion of NATO. It's really impressive if you can see a map of Europe and then see how NATO was as of the early 90s when the Soviet Union uh, came unraveled and was no more of of a threat, no longer a threat. So the founding members of NATO were Belgium, Canada, Denmark, France, Iceland, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, the United Kingdom, and the United States. So that's the way it was as of the late 40s. And then in 1952, Greece joined. Also in 1952, Turkey joined. 1955, West Germany was added. Spain was added in 1982. And then when the Soviet Union was no longer a thing, Germany was unified West Germany and East Germany, which had been divided from during the entire Cold War, from 1945 up until 1990, Germany wanted to be reunited. And Gorbachev is saying, the last time there was a united Germany, the Nazis invaded our country and killed 27 million people. So we're a little concerned about that. But go ahead, just don't expand NATO any further. And the U.S. officials in the George H.W. Bush administration said, not one inch to the east. NATO will not expand one inch to the east. In other words, no more countries will be added to NATO. Well, that promise was broken. NATO further expanded after the Cold War, adding the Czech Republic, Hungary, Poland, Bulgaria, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Romania, Slovakia, Slovenia, Albania, and Croatia, and then Montenegro and North Macedonia. Now the U.S. wants to not only add Ukraine, but also Georgia. In other words, we're wanting to surround Russia. The goal of U.S. foreign policy, if you look at actions, not rhetoric, is to surround Russia. Uh, You know, contain the threat is the always, you know, containing the threat means we're going to have military bases all around them and loyal puppet regimes surrounding 
Russia, and China. So it's in that context that China says the most reasonable and moderate and diplomatic thing you could think of, the security of a region, in other words, the North Atlantic, the U.S., Canada, Western Europe, the security of a region should not be achieved by strengthening or expanding military blocks. NATO is the military block that has been relentlessly and endlessly expanded since the end of the first Cold War. In other words, the Cold War that lasted between 1945 and 1990. Now, let's look at item three in China's peace plan, which President Biden says is not rational. And he also says there's nothing in the plan that would indicate there is something that would be beneficial to anyone other than Russia. If he says, I've seen nothing in the plan, you have to ask if he has seen the plan. Or if he has seen the plan, is he just blowing smoke? But China's peace plan says, number three, ceasing hostilities. Conflict and war benefit no one. All parties must stay rational and exercise restraint, avoiding fanning the flames and aggravating tensions and prevent the crisis from deteriorating further or even spiraling out of control. All parties should support Russia and Ukraine in working in the same direction and resuming direct dialogue as quickly as possible so as to gradually de-escalate the situation and ultimately reach a comprehensive ceasefire. In other words, China is saying, hey, let's stop fighting because war benefits no one. Actually, they're a little bit inaccurate there. War does benefit the defense contractors, the military-industrial complex, the war profiteers. It also benefits the media, whose ratings go up when there is a war. But the point is well taken. War benefits no one. When it says all parties must stay rational and exercise restraint, avoid fanning the flames and aggravating tensions and prevent the crisis from deteriorating further or even spinning out of control, one might reasonably ask whether the United States has ever been willing or able to do this. Has the United States ever been willing or able to explore solutions that do not involve going to war. As evidence of my assertion that the United States is a very warlike country, I want to refer you to President Carter, who had a conversation with President Trump when Trump was in office and he said, the, United, the U.S. is the most warlike nation in the history of the world. Carter said, the U.S. has been at peace for only 16 of its 242 years as a nation. Counting wars, military attacks, and military occupations, there have been actually only five years of peace in U.S. history. 1976, the last year of the Gerald Ford administration, and 1977 to 1980, 
the entirety of Carter's presidency. Now, since we're talking about this conversation between former President Carter and then President Trump, let's he refers to China in this. You know, so Jimmy Carter wrote a letter to President Trump and then got on the phone with him and he says, since 1979, do you know how many times China has been at war with anybody? Carter asked, none. And we have stayed at war. Reading from an article by Brett Wilkins uh, from Telesur, he says, China's last major war, an invasion of Vietnam, in, occurred in 1979. Since then, however, China has been at peace with its neighbors and the world. Speaking of that 2019 conversation, NPR reported that on Saturday evening, Trump called, this was from April 15th of 2019, it said on Saturday evening, Trump called Carter to talk about the, the letter that, that uh, Carter had sent to him. It was the first time they had spoken, Carter said. He said Trump told him that he is particularly concerned about China, that how China is getting ahead of us, quote, getting ahead of us. Carter said he agreed with Trump on this issue. And do you know why, Carter said? I normalized diplomatic relations with China in 1979. Since 1979, do you know how many times China has been at war with anybody? None. And we have stayed at war. In other words, Carter is saying that China is getting ahead of us because we have stayed at war and China is not at war. So it's to their economic advantage to not be engaged in constant war. Continuing with China's peace plan, item number four of their 12 points, resuming peace talks, it says, dialogue and negotiation are the only viable solution to the Ukraine crisis. All efforts conducive to the peaceful settlement of the crisis must be encouraged and supported. The international community should stay committed to the right approach of promoting talks for peace, help parties to the conflict open the door to a political settlement as soon as possible, and create conditions and platforms for the resumption of negotiation. China will continue to play a constructive role in this regard. So remember that President Biden said this plan is not rational. He said it only benefits Russia, as if the people of Ukraine would not benefit from ending the war, as if the people of the United States would not benefit from ending the war, as if the entire world would not benefit from uh, de-escalating this potentially nuclear conflict. So China is suggesting peace talks. The U.S. is refusing to go to the table with Putin because they have made Putin out to be a, an irrational uh, person that cannot be negotiated with. If you want to continue to make war, and if you can want to continue to use force, and if you want to do that with the consent and the approval of your population, then you have to make out the enemy to be somebody who only understands force. This is Hart Hagen. You're listening to The Climate Report on Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM, Louisville. 
So using that narrative, the United States, with the enthusiastic cooperation of the media, has continued to take the position that this, this uh, war was unprovoked, and that Putin is an aggressor, Putin is the bad guy. Meanwhile, the United States has blocked peace talks. Repeat, the United States has blocked peace talks. This uh, article is from the European Conservative. It's entitled, Former Israeli Prime Minister Says the West Blocked Russo-Ukraine Peace Deal. So, Russia and the Ukraine trying to make a peace deal. According to the former Israeli Prime Minister, the West, i.e. the United States and Europe, but mainly the United States, is the West has blocked that peace deal. So the article reads, Former Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, who led the country for the first several months of the Russo-Ukrainian War, has said the United States and its closest Western allies blocked his attempts to broker a peace agreement between the two East Slavic nations. So there's a five-hour-long interview between former Prime Minister of Israel, Naftali Bennett, and Israeli journalist Hanuk Dom. And this you can see this five-hour interview. At, so it's out there for, this particular interview is out there for all to see on Naftali Bennett's YouTube channel. And the interview itself is from February 4th of this year, but he's referring to events that occurred early in 2022. Naftali, according to this article, had played a central role in mediating between the two sides following a request from Zelensky. Ukraine President Vladimir Vladimir Zelensky, according to this article, according to Naftali Bennett, had requested a uh, um, you know peace negotiations to be mediated by the Prime Minister of Israel. Bennett said there was a good chance of reaching a ceasefire before key Western powers blocked his attempts. And key Western powers is diplomatic language for the United States and, of course, some of the big NATO countries like France and uh, UK. Bennett spoke about having traveled to Russia on March 7th, roughly a week after the war had broken out, to meet President Vladimir Putin and recounted his attempts to broker a peace deal, which he said he coordinated with the United States, France, Germany, and the United Kingdom. This same story was also reported by Dave DeCamp at antiwar.com. The headline reads, Former Israeli Prime Minister Bennett says U.S. blocked his attempts at a Russia-Ukraine peace deal. The article at antiwar.com says, Bennett said that both sides agreed to major concessions during his mediation effort. For the Russian side, he said they dropped denazification as a requirement for a ceasefire. Bennett defined denazification as the removal of, of Zelensky. Um, according to Bennett, the, another concession that Russia made was that it wouldn't seek the disarmament of Ukraine 
And Zelensky said he, he renounced that he would seek NATO membership. So as I recall, some of the demands that Russia had even prior to this war, that they had two treaties that they offered to the United States to sign that said two or three things. One, we don't want Ukraine to be a member of NATO. Two, we want Ukraine to be denazified. Number three, we want Ukraine to be demilitarized. And we don't want weapons pointed at us from Ukraine. Now, these seem like reasonable demands. Item number seven in China's 12-point peace plan, keep nuclear power plants safe. China opposes armed attacks against nuclear power plants or other peaceful nuclear facilities and calls on all parties to comply with international law, including the Convention on Nuclear Safety, CNS, and resolutely avoid man-made nuclear accidents. China supports the International Atomic Energy Agency in playing a constructive role in promoting the safety and security of peaceful nuclear facilities. Now keep in mind, Biden said this plan proposed by China is, quote, not rational, unquote, and says it only benefits Russia. Is it not rational? to uh, you know, abide by international agreements as far as not bombing nuclear facilities? Because if you bomb a nuclear facility, then you have all that fallout. We're not talking about a nuclear bomb. We're talking about a conventional bomb hitting a nuclear facility and all of this fallout, the damage, the meltdown that could occur if you damage a nuclear facility. And Biden says this is not rational. Item number eight in China's 12-point peace plan, reducing strategic risks, says nuclear weapons must not be used and nuclear wars must not be fought. The threat or use of nuclear weapons should be opposed. Nuclear proliferation must be prevented and nuclear crisis avoided. China opposes the research, development, and use of chemical and biological weapons by any country under any circumstances. I've got a couple of minutes left. Let me leave you with something to think about. So this points to the complicity of our media in staying silent about things that make our government look bad. Now, Democratic-aligned media will, be, will go hard against Republicans, and Republican-aligned media will go hard against Democrats, but they both treat the military-industrial complex with kid gloves, and they don't have a serious critique of this war. They do systematically spread false narratives about the war in Ukraine. One of the false narratives is that this war is unprovoked, and another false narrative is that this war started in 2022. According to Jeffrey Sachs, and according to anyone with a knowledge of the history of this war, it started in 2014. It started with a civil war in Ukraine in which President Viktor Yanukovych was ousted and you know, during 2014 and 2015, there's all kinds of U.S. meddling that made it, you know, uh, Yanukovych wanted neutrality. 
but the U.S. doesn't want neutrality. You're not allowed to be neutral. You're either with us or against us. You have to take sides. You, you're not allowed to be non-aligned. One last thought. A war can end in one of two ways. Either one side destroys the other, or you negotiate a peace. Russia is not going to be destroyed in this war. Ukraine could very well be destroyed. So the only way for keeping the only way of keeping Ukraine from being destroyed is to negotiate a peace. If you support the people of Ukraine, you will want our government to negotiate a peace. It will happen with us. It will not happen without us. We are standing in the way of peace. Oh, look at the time. Bye now.